0: This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. Welcome to the Charles Russell Speechley's podcast, following the story of Chris, a Brit, and Sam from the US. We explore issues faced by this international couple and their businesses and assets in a US to UK cross-border context. Before their happily ever after, there's a lot they need to think about, and we will stay with them in good times and in bad.
1: Hello, I am Sangana Chohan, a tax and trust partner here at Charles Russell Speechly's. During an earlier recording of an episode with Ian Younger from Frank Hearth and Mark Summers, also a tax partner here at Charles Russell Speechly's, we ended up having a really interesting discussion about FATCA, the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, and information exchange. What follows is a bonus episode that comes from that discussion. Ian, you mentioned FATCA just now, and I know that's a disclosure or reporting obligation that's come about in the last, I want to say, five years, but it might be slightly longer. Um, And I know that one of the consequences of it is that people have suddenly realised that they are American, American, I've got some air quotes going on there, where they were not previously aware of that. Could you just talk to us a little bit about what being American means in the context of, well, income tax, I guess?
2: Yep, Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the FACA, the, the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, was, was really somewhat of a game changer in terms of the way people understood their obligations as U.S. persons. Just just, just very briefly, you know, FATCA was introduced 10 years ago. But compliance started five years ago, as you mentioned. And it was an obligation placed on non-U.S. institutions, so banks, trustees, certain wealth managers, to provide information to the IRS about accounts that they hold for U.S. persons. So it was it was a roundabout way of the IRS obtaining information to effectively ensure that the U.S. tax system is, is being complied with by U.S. persons around the world. And that led to a lot of banks, a lot of financial institutions simply asking questions about their account holders or whether or not they're US persons, whether or not they, they, they are a US taxpayer. They are exposed to the IRS. Initially, that involved simply looking at information they held on file, i.e. where you were born, passport copies, th- those kind of things that led to questions being asked about US status. And in many cases, um, simply the bank asking that question led a lot of people who think well actually why why is that relevant why why what does it matter that I'm a US person I don't live in the US I may have been born in the US had US citizenship there but I'm no longer a, a US um tax resident and then they looked at it further and realized actually as a US citizen as a US taxpayer I've got obligations to the IRS on a a worldwide basis. So they're facing exactly the same situation that Sam's facing in relation to coming over here to the UK, breaking her physical residence in the US, but still remaining US resident in the eyes of the IRS. And that gave rise to, uh, Mark mentioned the requirements, correct issues in the UK, similar focus on the offshore world. The, The IRS are very focused now on ensuring that global taxpayers are, fully complying with their, their U.S. obligations, primarily focused on the foreign, the foreign element.
1: And with somebody like that, if they've only just realised or only realised in the last five years that they're a U.S. person and they haven't been filing for the 20 years before that, what are their yeah. options?
2: I mean, there, there are, there are programmes available. I think the IRS have, have recognised that they probably didn't do enough to, to highlight or or, or, or provide information of this unique US tax system. So the IRS does have programs available that allows taxpayers to voluntarily go to the IRS, file tax returns, the, the number of returns that need to be filed dependent upon the certain circumstances. But to the extent that they can demonstrate reasonable cause for that failure to file, then the IRS would generally not they accept that argument, receive the returns, wouldn't issue any penalties. For late filing. If there's taxes due, which there may well be because you know, foreign tax credit planning hasn't been put in place, then the tax is still payable, the um the interest on in that tax is payable, but penalties can be removed. And those penalties though can then I mean, that that's that's pretty huge. Because if you're looking at something like the foreign bank account report, which only requires you know, a 10000 dollars aggregate maximum value of all your financial accounts to create a filing requirement. So that, that's a relatively low a, a low benchmark. The penalties for non-compliance could be $10,000 per year for not filing. You apply that to foreign trust, you apply that to foreign company disclosure, all, all these things. Those penalties suddenly could become significant, even if the level of tax due is low. So the avoidance of penalties through the streamlined programs that the IRS have introduced is really, really useful. But as you say, we're, we're five years now into this, into people becoming much more aware. So the likelihood of these programs remaining open. He's probably slim I think the IRS are are, are looking at them looking at their appropriate there were programs previously that had um, an element of, of criminal intent behind non-filing in the US the offshore voluntary disclosure program so somebody who absolutely knew what they should have been doing but chose not to do it or planned to ensure they avoid US um, tax exposure there was a program there that did involve penalties but it's other, other criminal sanctions were were removed that allow people back in but in most cases people are just simply weren't aware of the obligation so this 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 reasonable cause route being able to show to the IRS actually I had no idea what I had to do but I voluntarily come forward that's the key that's the key in all this and if they're a UK taxpayer compliant with their UK taxes that's a really good fact
3: yeah and it's worth just sort of pointing out the the flip side of that which not yeah is not uncommon to see is the fact that If actually somebody was busily um, evading their UK, in this case, taxes by sticking money in Switzerland or Liechtenstein or Monaco or wherever it was, and are having to disclose in the UK anyway, that is not a good fact pattern from the point of view of saying you've got reasonable cause that you weren't willful in your failure to file. Because if you were evading in one jurisdiction, then it will be picked up, uh, in the other as to your conduct. So, um, it is, it is more difficult where you're coming forward in those circumstances, even if you only find out, for example, during the course of being advised on, say, so the UK disclosure that actually, by the way, you do realize because you were born
2: in New York, you are in fact an American by birth. And that's what FATCA has done, though. FATCA has made the U.S. tax system far better understood by the wider advisor community. So if somebody, U.S. person living in the U.K. but hasn't thought about their U.S. issues, if they have a lawyer, they have an accountant, they have a wealth manager, someone in there is going to say something about their exposure. And that's why, whilst these programs are available, If someone does have a concern around their U.S. obligations is to deal with it voluntarily, go to the IRS directly with with assistance, but but voluntarily go to the IRS before they come before they come to you. Because the IRS now has a huge amount more information they ever would have had about U.S. taxpayers living outside the U.S.
1: That information is all coming through because of FATCA, because of FBARs and all of that. What about information exchange? Is is HMRC sending information to the IRS or vice versa, or the Swiss Tax Authority sending information to any of these jurisdictions? Has that been happening?
3: I think in uh, reality, we've seen, obviously, there's the exchange that is held under FACA or as between other jurisdictions under the Common Reporting Standards, um, and, and of course that's that's due to how ha- that happens and that they get that bulk information and it often picks up from that. Do the tax authorities collaborate between each other and almost off the cuff um, volunteer information? Not infrequently and certainly I have seen information passed by HMRC to the IRS just because they're in, uh, investigating somebody or their company and they know that they are a US citizen or a green card holder, they are aware enough of the US implications. And similarly, we have seen uh, the IRS uh, feed information back across to HMRC um, in certain cases, particularly where people have crossed borders, have left the US and so on, and moved to the UK. And there are ongoing investigations.
2: It, it, it's undoubted that that, that that information flow, even the information flowing through through FACA from the institutions can be misinterpreted by the IRS or HMRC, but it just, it, it starts the conversation. And I think once HMRC or the IRS are coming to, to the taxpayer first, that's a different starting point than someone voluntarily ensuring their tax obligations are, are fully met. On the
1: penalties and, and things like that, as you mentioned.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And on the, think, the UK side, I think they are coming
3: for Yeah, the, the revenue are much, yeah, much more coming forward with letters to taxpayers pointing out things that pick up on FACA or Common Reporting Standard as being deficient. They will ask a resident non-dom. We see that you have earned twenty thousand pounds of UK source dividends in the last year. We don't see on on your tax return. Would you like to tell us about it?
1: So I think this sounds like it's a very easy answer to the question I'm sure you both also get frequently from clients, which is how will the IRS, how will HMRC ever find out? The answer is that they will find out.
2: Absolutely. It's important from a U.S. perspective. FATCA hasn't changed the obligations of U.S. taxpayers. It hasn't introduced new burdens on U.S. persons living outside the U.S. This is enforcement of the IRS through another route other than self-assessment of the taxpayer themselves and absolutely we've had that question probably the entire year frank heard 45 years frank has been going you know how will the irs ever find me and very difficult question to answer yeah we always explained the obligation is on you to fully comply with your, your your taxes but now you can explain that your your bank will tell the IRS you exist your trustee may tell the IRS you exist and it, that that's a, a scenario that fortunately we have a wonderful um, client base that, that are receptive but you, know, you have to have that, that that voluntary act of going to the IRS where there is where there is non-compliance and I think the further answer is you yeah, know people try and come
3: up with clandestine ways of thinking they can't be detected in one way or another they're human beings and you're not trained by the cia or mi6 you will make a mistake sooner or later and in terms of the uk side of things hmrc has since 2010 2011 had a supercomputer called connect it's been upgraded over the course of time it is not perfect it can't just literally join the dots on anything but particularly if you're already a person of interest, it can join the dots across the globe on all kinds of things. It's getting better. And just in terms of its sheer computing power and what it can do, it's got a massively unfair advantage over a taxpayer that's trying to be clandestine. Um, And you are no longer a needle in a haystack. Your chances of detection are not nil or negligible any longer. That doesn't mean they're going to catch you tomorrow, but
1: you know, do you feel lucky? Okay, I think on that note, we can draw our discussion to an end. Thank you very much, both of you, for answering my questions.
2: My pleasure. Thank
1: Thank you. you. Thank you for
0: listening to this podcast, part of our series following Chris, a Brit and Sam from the US as we unpack some of the legal issues that they face as they start their lives together. You can find the rest of this series at the Charles Russell Speechlease website or on Podbean, iTunes or Spotify. This podcast discussed the UK and US issues at high level only, based on current law and revenue practice. It does not contain legal advice. If you or your clients would like to know more about any of the issues we've discussed, please email us on untangled at crsblaw.com. This is a Charles Russell Speechlees podcast.